there's not much that I won't sacrifice for the if it's for the good of the show. If it's if it's for the work, then absolutely. If somebody can tell me why they want me not to do a certain thing, or then fine. I think it gets no, not gets tricky. I'm afraid, but I think I suppose as I gain more experience and have, because you know, as an actor, you have no power. Mm. Don't. As a as a new director, you have a little bit more power, but not much. But as I kind of get more power in terms of who I want on the teams and who I want to surround myself with, I become much more. I need to have diversity. I need to have um, a creative team that reflects the world that I live in and the world that I know. Because I don't know everything, so having having that extra vision, I think, is really useful um, and really important. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I have to say that up until no, no one has ever kind of stopped me from using a creative that I want to use or using an actor I want to use, but I have heard it happen mm. to other people, and so if it ever came to that, I think that if somebody, if I wanted to cast you for instance in something and then somebody said oh no we can't have that because he's not x y or z no i I want him and that's the kind of thing i wouldn't compromise on hello everyone and welcome to chai with rai hi i'm your host rai and if you haven't done so make sure to click and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode if you love this podcast and are listening to this on spotify apple Podcasts, audible or wherever you stream your podcast from if you could take two seconds of your time and do me a kind favor and make sure to rate the podcast on whichever platform you're listening it on it organically grows the show connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before and puts the podcast in top spaces for all the streaming sites as well feel free and i encourage you to tag us whilst you listen to this on the tiktoks the twitters the flitters the gram the pinterest on your whatsapp family group the aunties group the mother's group whichever group that you're on because as i always say it overall just shares the love warm up your kettles and get some roti i don't know why i'm saying roti get some jalebis get some biscuits get whatever ready because we have cash our shot today now before i get into what we talk about in to the episode don't know why i'm talking like this again i'm just gonna go into a little bit of cash's credits now cash is currently an associate director at the stephen joseph theater in scarborough and whilst i was researching for this interview i realized which i kind of knew already but i didn't know the extent of it that cash was an actor for 15 years and worked for companies such as freedom studio citizen theater gw theater and programs on channel 4 and in 2015 when he made the leap into directing professionally he participated in an rtyds three-month placement and that is something that we get into the rtyds scheme how it helped propel his career how it assists and how it's just a wonderful wonderful project to be on since then by the way he has assisted at least Playhouse, Theatre by the Lake and Bolton Octagon. He was the trainee assistant director at Freedom Studios from 2017 to 2019. He's an associate artist of the National Youth Theatre and a mentor director for National Theatre Connections. By the way, I got to see two of his productions, one of which was a dress rehearsal. And by the way, Cash, that is something he talks about, that how people should approach directors more, just be like, 
come and sit in my rehearsal because there's nothing wrong with just saying that and lots of directors are open to that so Cash was very much open to that and I got to sit in an adventure by Vinay Patel which he directed and I also got to see 10 Nights by Shahid Iqbal Khan which he directed and got an Olivia nomination for by the way I also want to say that Cash is also an office finalist for best new play in 2022 now on to the conversation we talk about the big bad world of world of theatre we talk about the ins and the outs the directors we talk about how how to be not how to be a director but we talk about how to let's say balance voices in a room the survival of being a director we talk about basically everything theater and entertainment related as well as like balancing families balancing sanity and it's such a juicy episode we also talk about what to do when you need to switch off which is talking about reality tv shows or just trash tv we should stop calling it trash tv by the way just saying but it is such a good episode and so much banter so much info so much deep conversation and i'm going to warm up my kettle make a nice little ginger chai because everybody around here is getting sick and i ain't gonna get it so without further ado let's dive into today's episode let's get into it <laughs> all right so the, i'm gonna do a little warm-up game this is called the okay. five second rule where basically i'm gonna count down to five in five seconds and you have five seconds to name three things so like if i was to say name three plants and go oh, okay five seconds to name three plants that you know we're okay. gonna do, we'll do a trial run okay hey thanks okay cool See, my brain in, is working <laughs> in five seconds list three food dishes you would cook for the missus on a date night go uh sarg i would do uh, salmon and potatoes and i would ah! uh, my brain just went numb then because i haven't cooked anything Have for ages for anyone anyone at all let alone my wife wait so who cooks no, no we're never together <laughs> no just... that's not true we we do make dinner but it's very rarely what i would class as cooking it's okay. kind of heating food up jen actually my wife does quite a lot of cooking she cooks a lot of soups and stews and all that kind of stuff um whereas i'm much i'm much more comfortable on just eat microwave microwave <laughs> hello nigella how are you by the way i didn't know that the missus went to drama school so yes we're gonna get into that as well um okay your second question if you're warm now already five second rule is Next, three things you say to yourself after getting a directing role. Go. Uh, yes, you don't deserve this. You absolutely do deserve this. No, you don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's true. And, and it continues until the end of the role. Okay. But throughout the whole the whole job. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> All right. Question number three. List three things we would find in your bag. Go. Uh, pen. Uh, notepad, my laptop, uh, mints, and Coke, Pepsi Max. Oh, Pepsi, Pepsi Max? I know. That's generally what I drink, although having said that, I am drinking Diet Coke today because it's all they sell in the theatre. Oh, okay. Fair enough. All right. Last two questions. <clears throat> List three songs you would listen to when feeling down. Go. Uh, oh, God. Good. Oh, man has gone blank. No. <laughs> oh, nothing. No, I have so many that none of them came to my brain then at Your all. Actually, showed up when I was Spotifying you and podcasting you, and I've <laughs> really? like, done any podcasts or anything, and all of your playlists came up. Some of them very interesting, and I was like, "That's you know, interesting." I didn't know they were public. 
but now you know and you can hide them so if you... those. <laughs> no, there's, there, i have different yeah i have you, you've seen lots of weird playlists i'm assuming they're for everybody does. some of them one one of them two of them are the rest are just what i like to listen to oh. what i like to sing along to or what i like to listen to when i'm in the car there's a couple of like playlists on there that were for shows so i okay. listen to certain things when i'm working on a show Okay, but not necessarily show music that's in the show, but music that kind of inspires me about the show. Who's like on your list right now? I'm not making a show at the minute, so. Uh, no, but like, uh, if you, what you're listening to right now? What am I listening to? We, it's a really random one, but I'm listening to the soundtrack to Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse's Gone Fishing, which oh. is a, a BBC One TV show. Uh, with Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse, where they go fishing. But the soundtrack is really beautiful. It's just a really beautiful, kind of chilled, relaxed, kind of slightly folky soundtrack that I really enjoy. I'm here for it. I was expecting Justin Bieber. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I have that vibe, right? <laughs> this is this is his demographic. <laughs> this guy is, right here. Is the is this shirt? Is the yellow? It's the yellow. <laughs> Because he has a clothing line, and I was like, you could be like the hipster dude. Ah, very good. You know, very good. Really interesting people. All right, your last question of five oh, seconds. God, yeah. yeah, five seconds, five seconds. Last question. All right. Since your name is Cash, yes. uh, a pun on the play Cash, name yes. three ways of getting quick cash. Go. Uh, the, uh, the robbing a bank, uh, stealing from an old lady, uh, taking from your mum's purse. Um, and uh, that's it. I can't think of any more. You listed more than three things that now. The oh, did I? Yeah, but now the question is, which one have you done? <laughs> <laughs> that's for you to make that assumption yourself. I'm have you done it. one? Is the question? I've done at least one. Yeah. Done All right. Well, if you're watching this, please tag Cash in which one you <laughs> has done. But um, how's your day been? How was your week? And we're going to get into so many questions, which I'm going to try and Wait. edit. But yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, my, my day has been good. I've uh, read some plays. We're doing a, a call out for local actors. So we're holding some general auditions here at this Stephen Joseph uh, for Scarborough based and actors around Scarborough. So I've been kind of going through some of their applications today. Um, just had a very nice cup of coffee with a friend I've not seen for a while. Yeah, and that's 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 it really. My week's been quite similar. So I spend quite a lot of time reading plays and and sitting in meetings, really. Learning about finance and marketing and all that interesting stuff that you need. Like it's not why anybody any artist gets into the industry but i guess if you want to run a company or a theater or anything you kind of have to know a little bit about the money and the marketing and all that stuff does that ever destroy the creative aspect of it no no it's, <laughs> it's part of it yeah it's part of it because i think for me i think i i, I say this a lot and, and i genuinely mean it it's like the the, the making of theater in its totality is collaborative and that's not just that's not just you don't just collaborate with your designer and your actors and all that but you have to collaborate with the people who hold the purse strings you have to collaborate with the marketing team to make sure that the show is the best it can be and also the right people and the right amount of people see it in the first place so yeah yes there's a lot of compromise that you have to make i think but i, I think sometimes that's for the best you know i i don't ever pretend to know everything 
And so if I if somebody comes in and says, well, you can't have that app, that that giant animatronic shark that you want <laughs> in the studio at the bush, then I go, all right, well, maybe that's not the best choice for this. And so you find other ways around it. And I think I think that just throws up some quite interesting things that you might not have thought about. Yeah. Now I want to know what you're going to have an animatronic, animatronic, animatronic. Every, every, every show, everything <laughs> I ever do from now on is going to happen. Want, I want an animatronic shark. Yeah. I'm here for that. It could be like the where is it the VNA or the History Museum has the the dinosaur that is as soon as you enter, right? Oh yeah. It, one of one of them. I think it's an. Yeah. It feels like it's the Natural History Museum. That's yeah, I think cool. so. So as soon as you walk into a cash Arshad production from now yeah. on, you're gonna you're gonna get. You're going to walk through the shark to get yeah. to the show. It's going to be oh. oh, well, I'm here for that. I mean, I'm um, just going to write that down. That's actually a really good idea. It could be like a visual experience as well. What is it? Absolutely. Immersive. It's immersive. Yes. Which brings me on to, I have been, which I was talking to you about prior to pressing record. I have been listening to, if anybody hasn't watched it, go on YouTube and just type in Kasha Shot directing in a rehearsal room. I, it's about like an hour where you talk about acting for 15 years, um, then going to, you know, never wanting the leads because apparently you were too lazy. And yeah, you, yeah, totally. Yeah. And oh, then 100%. Yeah, doing Fringe, doing Freedom. Is it Freedom Theatre? Freedom Studios. Freedom Studios. Freedom Studios. Yeah. And advice for assistant directors. You talk about your books and reading a lot, like as in The Director's Craft by Katie Mitchell. Just so many things. And I have still half an hour off it to watch. Oh, great. But, yeah, I'd say watch that. But, watching. Hey. It's also just in, like, it's Bradford Producing Hub and they have lots of other stuff on there for theatre makers. Oh. So like, there's loads of advice from lots of different people on there about producing your own work, about digital theatre, about uh, all, all kinds of other stuff. So don't just watch me because that's boring. <laughs> Watch other people; they're much more interesting. Well, I'll I'll put all the links and stuff like that, but do watch Cash as well. I think what I am really interested in knowing, firstly, mm -hmm. is you did you said you started your directing journey by doing like Fringe and other bits and bobs before you did RTYDS, yeah. and I kind of always am intrigued to find out whenever I have people who have had like a substantial amount of experiences, what sort of journey have you had from your first ever do you remember your first ever production that you did as a, as a director or as an actor as a director as a director yeah because it wasn't that long ago <laughs> it was like it was like six years ago this is including prior to doing rtyds yeah. and everything that's on your website all right great well so actually actually that's not true the first thing i ever directed was when i was still an actor okay that was that was a play it was an adaptation of a radio play by Ethan Cohen, you know, okay. the Cohen brothers. So he wrote he wrote this book that was a series of kind of short um, short stories and short radio plays, um, and it was called now it was called Hector Berlioz Private Investigator. So and it was like a really weird dark comedy. Yeah, about a private investigator. It was really silly, um, and it was me and my friend when when we went to college together. When we finished college, we started a theatre company, as everybody does, as a, <laughs> as a way of kind of find, making work for ourselves. Yeah, and um, and we went. Well, what 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 can we do? So we we'd found two 
short plays. Like I think there were probably about half an hour each. Okay. Um, and we each directed. I directed one, and he directed the other. And it was in a really small theatre in Glasgow called the Cotiers Theatre. Don't even know if I don't think it's still exists. I think Cotiers still exists, but I think it's a bar now. Okay. It's a church that you just hire. We just you just hire it out. No, it wasn't expensive at the time. But this was in two thousand and one. Yeah, around the time I moved to London, basically. Ah, I see, I see, I see. But that's when I graduated in 2001, and that was the first thing I ever directed. And I had no idea what I was doing, but none of us did. So, yeah. Well, from that first production to your most recent work, mm. um, by the way, we're going to get into Olivier Awards and what you wore and all of those things. Um, sure. but <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know, what are some of the, what are, like, let's say three things. What are the three things that you have learned um that have changed or maybe enhanced your experience as a director or as a theater practitioner now and what are three things that you would basically never sacrifice oh interesting the biggest thing that's changed is me being able to admit that i don't know because i think when i started in this industry in general and looked at directors i always thought they always had the answers to everything that you ever needed to ask because they seemed like they did, but you don't. Biggest thing was me admitting that I don't, being okay with admitting I don't know something and vocalizing that. If somebody asked me a question, I go, I don't know, let's find out. That's, I think, one of the biggest, uh, biggest things. Also, actors are creatives. That, I think, is so important. Because I didn't think, when I was an actor, I didn't think of myself as a creative. I thought of myself as an actor and then everybody else was the people who were creating the things. And so as a director, when I, when I ever, when I directed at the same time as being an actor, I didn't ask the actors for their input in the same way that I, that I 100% do now. I want the actors input into it. What else? What else has, what else have I changed? I mean, it was so long ago. I mean, we can move on. You can you can talk about like in regards to certain things that you won't sacrifice. That you'll be like, no, that's. I can't honestly. Yeah. There's not. There's not much. There's not much that I won't sacrifice for the if it's for the good of the show. If it's if it's for the work, then absolutely. If somebody can tell me why they want me not to do a certain thing, or then fine. I think it gets no. But I think I suppose as I gain more experience and have, because you know, as an actor you have no power, mm. don't. As a as a new director you have a little bit more power, but not much. But as I kind of get more power in terms of who I want on the teams and who I want to surround myself with, I become much more i need to have diversity i need to have um a creative team that reflects the world that i live in and the world that i know because i don't know everything so having having that extra vision i think is really useful um, and really important i think mm -hmm. i mean i mean i have to say that up until no, no one has ever kind of stopped me from using a creative that i want to use or using an act that i want to use but i have heard it happen mm. to other people and so 
if it ever came to that, I think that if somebody, if I wanted to cast you, for instance, in something, and then somebody said, oh no, we can't have that, because he's not X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Like, no, I, I want him. And I, that's the kind of thing I wouldn't compromise on. Got that it. makes sense. It does. I think... way. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because we, we did talk about this, but it's interesting you brought up inclusivity and diversity because that was one of the questions I was going to ask later on. Yeah. But there's this immense amount of conversation that happens not just in theatre, but in entertainment generally, where um, inclusivity and diversity is a word that's thrown around a lot. And I would, mm-hmm. I would like to ask you, as someone who's now had six years you said six years of experience plus 15 years of acting experience do you think the industry is at a space now where you can truly be yes it is inclusive and it is truly diverse or what are some of the things the staple things that we need to implement in order for there to be yeah those those things at the table those people at the table yeah I think no no no, it's absolutely not anywhere no. near that it, the way where it should be. It's better. Yeah. Nobody's going to say it's not better. It's better than it was, but it's still way, way. It's better, better than when I started back in 2001. It's much better, but it's still not even remotely there yet. And the only way that is going to change is I'm just going to say what everybody always says, which is it just needs more diversity at the top. It needs people that reflect society. So it needs more black and brown people. It needs more women. It needs more uh, disabled people. It needs more uh, LGBTQIA plus people running shit for it to truly feel and become as inclusive as it needs to be. To Mm -hmm. a point where we don't even need to use the word inclusive because it already is. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't see it getting there in my lifetime. <laughs> I say that. Give um, me hope here. It, it, it's, it's going to get better. Yeah. But it's tricky because it involves people giving up power. As human beings don't want to give up power. So it's, it's, it's really difficult. And also it takes time. So it takes time for, to, to, so even when you do get someone at the top who is diverse, for want of a better term, it takes time for them to implement the things that they need to implement because it's not quite as simple as going, well, this is what I want to do, so we're going to do it. There's a million other people to convince and convincing takes time. Well, I think it's interesting that you're talking about that because I'm, I'm recently become very intrigued with the mechanics of programming mm-hmm. and as artistic directors or people who are program coordinators and people who are especially diverse First or inclusive background. Let's just use that one from the side. Yeah, I think um, as a shorthand, it's probably it's yeah. not the right word, but it's it's not. Word. At least we've gone over was it Bame and before that was yeah. it M. <laughs> Do you know? It's yeah. really interesting as well because I saw I you know I, I'm I'm old so I still have Facebook and a Facebook memory came up oh. where I where I and this was only like four or five years ago where I it was I shared something from a company who were looking for diverse artists but I use the phrase fame <laughs> and I read it I read it and I went oh <laughs> oh no that feels weird interesting how language changes as well I'm sure in like a couple of years we're going to be like I think for the, I have been like I belong to the queer community but like using the pronoun ship has is still very alien to me mm. um gender and all of these things but you know we digress but my question is in regards to 
I'm, I'm intrigued to know the mechanics of that meeting because having talked to you and having talked to other people, mm. I never realized how theater is so vastly different from just entertainment where you're pro you basically program a year and are already in talks in about like what to do next year. But how does that meeting go? How do you decide? And yeah, what are some of the tools that go into that meeting or that process? Um, I, I don't know exactly because I'm, I have never run a theater or I've never yet, been a programmer. Yet, 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 but, yet, yet, touch wood. Uh, if, but I guess my limited understanding of it is, is it's quite hard. It's quite a hard thing to do um, because, because you, because of money is a big thing. You have to, you have to find things that are going to sell. Because <laughs> ultimately, even as an artist, ultimately what you want is for people to see your shit, right? You want people to come through the door and watch. The more people do that, the better so it's a it's balancing i think as a as an artistic director it's balancing your artistic wants with the fiscal needs i guess i'd love to be able to if i ever become an artistic director to just go in and go i don't care i'm just going to do everything that i want yes that's the goal that's the uh, that, that's the the ultimate that would be amazing but then what if the shows that you program don't do very well? I think theatre can afford to be more risky. I think we can definitely collectively, I don't, the word risk is, is wrong, but it's the word that is, is the word used. Yeah. So I think theatres in general can afford to be more, uh, yeah, to take more risks um, on new artists and, and, and different stories because I think they'll be really surprised but I think people are scared of formula scared of scared of scared of, of fucking up mm. by fucking up I mean like losing a shitload of money and then the theater closes or the company goes under or they I don't know bankrupt themselves or and it's always money I think I think I mean I don't really know yeah this is all just my Predictions, not predictions, my projections of your, what I think. Your overview. My overview, yes. <laughs> my very, very limited overview of what it means to be a programmer. But I imagine it is hard. Like, I, I know artistic directors and I know programmers. And it is a difficult thing to, because I think on the whole, certainly within the, the people that I know, they want to do different stuff. They want to bring new voices and new uh new new people to organizations but it's 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 tricky because i guess you just don't know what an audience is going to do you don't know if they're going to come or not well talking in in regards to that you recently went to the olivia awards where you were nominated <laughs> thank you very much thank you i'm trying to get better at, at like saying thank you oh rather really than, rather than going well Oh no, no! Nothing. It's nothing. You got it. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. It is a big deal, and I'm very grateful for the nomination for the show. Uh, because that's the thing. Like, it's not me. <laughs> I wasn't nominated. Ten nights as a show was nominated, which I'm really pleased about because that encompasses 
every single person that was involved within that show. Mm. There were so many of us to make it as successful as it as it was. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's one of those things that it feels so to my not theatre literate mother and father, mostly my mother. They understand the phrase the Olivier Awards. Yeah, they know what that means, and so it's from their perspective, it's legitimising what I do. You know, it's like as an actor, if you get on Coronation Street, within the industry, it's like it's just Coronation Street. Who gives a shit? But to uh, to to like real people, that's yeah. the shit that they like. You know, that's 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 great. That means you're a success. It means that you know, my dad's in the mustard. You can tell people he's <laughs> on Coronation Street or his son's got an Olivier Award. You know, that's great. So in that respect, it's really good. Yeah, I have a lot. It it, it was interesting. Let's just put it that way. Okay. The, the awards themselves were interesting. Well, I think my, my question is in regards to accolades and mm. you know how we talk about putting people into theatres and it, not in this day and age, because I think that's if you look throughout history, like getting popular actors in the West End or just getting people in names that pull people into theatres. My, my question is in regards to do accolades matter? So be it, you know, the Guardian reviewing and giving it a five star or getting an Olivier Award or getting a BAFTA or an Offie. Mm. And how does that change your perspective on future projects? And does that also mean that that statement piece that you have worked for, which you're nominated for, becomes your, you know, your shining armor and you, you either go shit from there, or you either go, you know, does that pressure kill yeah, you? Because yeah. I remember asking Gularana mm. about Coconut and she mm. got amazing, amazing works and things like that from Coconut. But I was like, do you feel like that that is now your, your highest thing that after that you're going to either be like butchered or you're going to be like, you know, what's the next Coconut? Where's this mm. going? Does that box you? Mm. It's, it's fine. I, it's really interesting that the idea of accolade, I, it feels very strange because it feels very arbitrary. Like the Olivier's is very arbitrary to say that, you know, whoever, I can't even remember whether it was Eddie Redmayne or not, but I'm going to use him as, a, as an example, as best actor. That's really arbitrary because they didn't see every single show. So how can you, how can you possibly know that that person was the best actor that year? It's really weird, and it's it's certain people's opinion of things, you know. So it feels really random and really weird. However, and that goes the same for reviews. That's one person's opinion of something. However, the industry, it 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 kind of thrives on it, you know. It's a marker of quality in inverted commas, um, which again comes. <laughs> back to marketing it's great for marketing if you've got five stars or four stars it's really great for getting and also getting people in the door getting because because how do you know if a show is any good mm. you go and you could go and see it but people don't have as much disposable income as maybe they would have done and so the idea of like okay i want to go to the theater what should i see should i go and see this thing that sounds really interesting but certain people only said it was like two stars. But if I go and see this thing that was four stars, hmm, chances are I'll probably like it. I think it's, it, I wish it wasn't like that. I wish it wasn't reliant on it. And, and you know, I know that 
having me having an Olivier nominated show, that's going to help me, undoubtedly. And that doesn't feel fair. <laughs> I will use it though, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Of course, who wouldn't? Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel fair because it doesn't mean like that the, the other shows that were at affiliate theatres that year weren't as good or better than, than the shows that I did or the show that won or the other shows that were nominated. It's just, it, it's just very arbitrary, uh, an arbitrary badge of honour. Yeah, uh, that. <laughs> that. That. Um, and I guess in terms of, in terms of does, does it feel like that's... So to answer the first part of that, I, 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 yes, it may well be that's what people think of when they think of me is they think of 10 nights which is not a bad thing because it's a great show and i'm really proud of it and uh i'd love to do it again i i, I think it's great it's interesting though because i think in terms of 10 nights to the shows that i've done uh, after 10 nights 10 nights is quite small it's a small compact beautifully formed piece of theater but i'm not the only person that could have done it I mean, I don't think I'm the only person who would have done any of the work I do, but in terms of like scale, it's kind of gone, I've gone up a notch scale wise. So I don't feel like that has kind of kept me and that's what people expect from me is that show. Not yet. I mean, it might be different now. I don't know, but I hope not. I don't, I don't hope not. I mean, who am I? If, if, if the only shows I ever did from now until the end of my career were one person shows written by uh, written by diverse writers. 100% I'd do that in a heartbeat. That's amazing. In a podcast, I can't remember, Behind the Scripts or something like that. It's on, it's on uh, Spotify, I'll put the link. You talk about doing a blood day for oh, guards, yeah. at, guards at Taj. And yeah. for anybody who wants to do, uh, where you tested different types of blood, and <laughs> you put gold syrup and with water. But what I was intrigued to know was um, that you have done both new rites as well as revivals. Mm -hmm. And with doing revivals, do you ever feel this, this sort of approach that because it's a repertoire piece that you have to kind of stick to a specific syllabus or you can reinvent or do you ever feel boxed and versus new writing where you can explore so much through the R&D process? Um, also, no, how do I... you approach text in, in both of those things? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we got like, I'm trying to like mix questions. Question. <laughs> big question. Um, so in terms of, uh, in terms of approaching a, a piece of work that's already been produced, uh, not that long ago so i've been quite lucky that i've done that twice i've done the regional premieres of two shows that started their life at the bush um by brown writers which is really exciting um but no i don't feel i don't feel the pressure of those original productions i don't feel like oh i have to live up to that or oh, i have to do it better i just have to make the show I just have to tell that story in the best way that I know how within the parameters of the space that I have, with the actors that I have, with the time that I have, um, and trusting that the work that was already done in terms of those original productions, so the script, the published play, is kind of the best version of that play.
Mm. So, Can I interrupt to ask a question? Mm. Do you um, ever contact the director who's done it? Who, or do you ever keep notes? So like if somebody else was to do an adaptation of a work that you've done, you can, or just meet for a coffee or anything? No, no, no I, I, I wouldn't want to do that because, because it's my, it's my version of the show. It's my team's version of this show. And you are in danger of being influenced by the other production. And then, well, if you're just doing that, what's the point in doing it again? If you've got nothing new to bring to it, don't do it, you know? So no, I, I you know, it's tempting with something like Guards at the Taj, where you, I wanted to, to get in touch with the, the original team and go, how did you do that really tricky transition between Act 1 and Act 2, where we go from outside the Taj Mahal to a dungeon covered in blood? How did you do that? I really wanted to do that. But that's the joy of it. That's the joy of it, is figuring those things out and problem solving that. What, did you have a question about the blood? Oh, uh, no, I just wanted to say it mentioned that because I thought that podcast was really interesting. It's literally just about guards at the Taj. As, and I just thought how you talk about the fact that between those acts, how they have to shower, change and come back on. I was like, I'll take like a 15 minute shower. What shower are yeah, they yeah, having? Yeah. A that quick a, one. That was a real quick Very shower. Quick. Very um, As a person That's of colour. Yes. Being, a, being a director, I felt this often through writing and through acting and dancing that how you get booked based on your skin colour or how you direct and the complexities of that, how they can box you and they can stereotype you and the pros and cons of it because I think there's certain times you have to use that, right, to get into the room to build something. 100%. So does that happen in the director world? Yeah. Also, is do politics as well happen in directors because all of the directors like that i've reached out to y'all seem really nice like you yeah, have yeah. talked about samina very nicely and you've you know you know other people who you suggest all the time so yeah yeah i think with, within within the director's world we are all very nice like but i haven't i have yet to meet <laughs> there's been a couple there's been a couple where i've gone mm, mm. But on the whole, like it's like people in general, on the whole, people are lovely and kind and want to help as much as, as they can. Like, you know, you reach out to someone for some advice or for some help or just to have a cup of tea and people go, yeah, cool. Let's have a brew. Let's have a chat. Um, because I think it's partly because directing is quite an isolated job. So you'll never, you never know, you never see another director unless you're assisting. You never see your peers doing their job. So you have no idea what they do. And you don't ever have conversations within the process with other directors. So I think, I think for me anyway, I love talking to other directors because you get to talk about directing. <laughs> you don't get to talk about because you're either doing it or you're not. And that's it. So having the opportunity, I know it's really wanky and no, I think we all like it, you know, in a, in a kind of a slightly sadistic way. We kind of like talking about it and dissecting it and going, oh, that's interesting. Who do you dislike? What are they like? What are those actors? What are those designers? Who, you know, it's nice. It's a nice thing to do. It's a nice thing. <laughs> it's a nice thing. <laughs> um, and 
Sorry, what was the first part of your question? Oh dear lord. Oh, boxing. Boxing. And yes. stereotypes. Yes, 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 yes. It's hmm, it's so tricky because there's a big part of me that is here because of box ticking. And sometimes I'm fine with it because because I know that I'm really good at what I do. And I know that when I do the job, I'll do a fucking good job. And also to get myself in the room and to build up into a position of power, potentially. And it's about keeping that ladder there, not going, well, I'm in, so I'm going to close the door, lock it because we don't need any more brown people because they've got one, you know? we need more brown people and I know that and I want that which is why I try to have you know other people within the teams that I have to try my best to if somebody reaches out then I try my best to point them in the direction or have a chat or you know support them or be there as much as I possibly can to because I, I mean I wouldn't be where I am without the support of you know Aisha Khan Freedom Studios, uh, Alex at Freedom Studios, people at Leeds Playhouse, people having a certain belief in me, I wouldn't be here without that. So I I need to have that same, I need to have that same uh, idea so that when I get in the room and I look around and I go, oh, that's interesting. I'm the only brown face in this room. Um, and, and again, that's my privilege that I have because I'm mixed race. So I grew up in that you know being surrounded and immersed within with people who are white all the time so that is a privilege that i have and that i'm aware of that not everybody privileges i don't i don't know if it's the right word but not everybody we all have privilege in some sort but i think it's about changing that narrative yeah so i think it can be good i think the box ticking can not it's not good that's not right don't get that <laughs> advantage ticking is great thumbs up <laughs> Um, no, but you can you can take advantage of it. Mm. You can you can use it to your to your advantage, to your benefit, which is what I think I've been able to do because I'm very good at what I do, and I'm lucky that I've had these opportunities for people of color. Yeah, I've been able to take advantage of, and I think I hope now that's not the case. I hope I don't get jobs because I'm brown. Or because I'm half brown or whatever. You know, I hope yeah. that's not the case. Sometimes you just never know, right? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes you never know. I think you've got a beautiful career, don't worry. Um, you gotta go. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm conscious of time, so I'm gonna quickly ask Ooh. you three questions that oh, we're gonna wow. this is going really quick. In it, in it. Gonna ask you these three questions, which is my favorite questions, which I have to ask. Um, Your thoughts on digital space and how that's going to play into the theater world, be it from casting, be it from usage of it, pros and cons of it. Second is, I always like to ask this question, not knowing obviously a lot of your inner dealings of your background and stuff like that. But I think the pillars of what makes a, 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 not a sustainable but a a smart or a convicted performer or creative Mm -hmm. director or an actor or any kind of person is either having a support group so be it your family be it your friends be it anybody faith 
religion, conviction, spirituality, or anything like that, and confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have all of those things and you didn't have the success that you did, would you still continue to do what you do today? So like remove everything, would you still continue to do what you do today? Really? Uh, oh my God, I really wanted to ask you stuff about your acting career and like your partner. <laughs> no, you don't want to ask about my I really career. do, but I'll, I'll you know what? It, I'll give might... you a potted history of it at the end. Okay, cute. Um, the third question, third question. Okay, you can either choose between um, working with mediums such as BSL, Mm-hmm. Um, which you did, or, uh, you know, movement in musical theatre and working with a musical director, how that differs to working with text. Or you can talk about this popularity contest that is, I feel, um, by the way, I wanted to ask you about AD and transitioning into directing, but go watch other videos of Cash. They they cover that. And if you want <laughs> to ask anything of Cash, just message Cash. But yeah, uh, Actually, no, I can't. I don't. Damn it, man. Okay, so you can either talk about working with people like that or your favorite part of the job. Okay. Uh, all right. You got five I'm, minutes because we've got to play okay. games <laughs> to answer all three questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, so digital space, I think, is super important. Uh, I think it's going to be with us for a while, and it absolutely should be, because what it does is it opens up access for lots of people who can't physically come to the theatre or physically can't attend an audition because they've got caring responsibilities or they've got something else to do. I think I, in my last two, three shows, have done first round auditions on Zoom um, and they've been really successful. Uh, in fact, Oliver Twist, we cast entirely on Zoom, uh, which, I, which I really liked. I think some actors are if are not one hundred percent sold on it, but I think it saves travel money. Shut up, does. actors! It absolutely, I think it saves actors, it saves actors and creatives money and and time, and we can see more people. Um, and again, it's an access thing. So if you can't come to the theatre or you can't come to the theatre on a certain night, if you need to use captions but you can't make the caption to perform caption the performance then you then there's the, there is the option then there's this idea of having a live stream where the captions are there all the time i think is i think is wonderful uh, it opens up possibilities for creatives as well i think i at the beginning of the pandemic i had a bit of a strop to my wife about about digital theater because i'm like i don't know how to do it I was doing okay and I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and, uh, and I had a bit, a bit of a strop to myself. Um, but I think since then, I've seen people do digital theatre incredibly well. And I think it, it, it opens up so many possibilities. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not a, an either or. I don't, think, I don't think as an industry we need to have we either have live theatre or we have digital theatre. I think both can exist. Both can coexist at the same time. And it means that you get to see shows from all over the country, all over the world. You know, there's, it just opens up so many things and people to you, like having meetings with people who are in theatres in America or in India, you know, that you, maybe you wouldn't have been able to because you can't fly them over here to have a chat. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's my opinion on digital. I think it's here to stay, and I think it absolutely should be. Um, support. In, I really like this question. Would I still be doing it if I didn't have the support? No, is the short answer. Um, I wouldn't be where I am without support. So my parents, they're not fit people at all. But what they didn't do was discourage it. They, they never discouraged it. So I was able to find my own way with them kind of supporting me from afar and supporting me like, like holding me up in terms of keeping me grounded and, 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 and still loving me, <laughs> not disowning me for wanting to become an actor. And throughout my career, there has been too many to name, so many people who have given me a chance and, and, and believed that I have something that they believe they, that should be helped, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I, I, wouldn't, I don't know whether, I definitely wouldn't be where I am without that support from before. And actually, when I met my wife, so I'd been in a in, a, in quite a, uh, an interesting relationship, shall we say, before I met my wife, that uh, where I was not allowed to be an actor, um, and I, it's a whole thing. It's for wow. another podcast, mate. Honestly. Someone controlled you, didn't they? <laughs> definitely, definitely. And so I understand what it means to not be supported. And as soon as as soon as I finished that, and you know, then life happened, and I met my wife, and she has been so supportive of whatever it is that I decide to do. So when I decided I wasn't going to be an actor, she was so supportive of that. But she was also supportive of me being an actor, even though she is as well. And her belief in me as a human being was enough to, is enough to keep me going. I think if she stopped believing in me, then I would probably stop because that's probably a good sign. She thinks I'm shit at it. Or, you know, I should probably go, well, all right then. I'll go and work in a bank. I couldn't work in a bank. I have no idea. That's a yeah. really difficult job. That's a shit example. Listen, do every you... job is hard. <laughs> you know it. It's true. True. Uh, the third question was to pick, but, you know, unless you want to answer it in one minute, we got to move on to games. Cool. All right, move on. Are you sure you don't want to answer it? <laughs> I don't know what they were. I just wrote. Well, either it words. was how um, how different is the experience for working with a BSL slash musical director slash choreographer versus working with text, and the the implementation of London holding this divine power in theatre versus regional theatre, which I think is a very interesting space because some of the most interesting work and opportunities are outside of London. Sometimes, I think so. To that, it's re it's really it's it's a, a never ending question yeah and and it and, and it says it all when we talk about london theater and then we talk about regional theater so it it automatically has a second class feel to it it's not the case and it's it's weird because regional theater encompasses scotland ireland the north of england the east midlands the south the west the southeast everywhere outside of this tiny place in the grand scheme of this country however London's where the money is. London is where the people are, you know? There's an argument for, for, for both sides of it. Yeah. It's not an easy thing. Like the idea of, you know, 
just theatre companies moving out of London, just going to another region, which is what the government are suggesting companies do if they want to keep their money. That's not solving anything. Nope. That's not solving that divide at all. It's increasing that divide because the regions are going, but we don't have enough money as it is. So why are you bringing other companies? It doesn't make any sense. And also there's also already thousands of artists here who are not getting support. So why are you bringing, but then it's the same in London. There are thousands of artists in London who don't benefit from all of that money. And there's thousands of people just in general who are not part of this London bubble. Yeah. You know, whatever that is. There are people who are in poverty. There are people who aren't getting the access. It, it, it's, yeah. It's a whole big... It's a whole shebang. It's a whole thing, yeah. By the way, I don't know if you get into it in the director video, but I think what was interesting, and hopefully you don't mind me saying this, is you talked with me very openly about survival of being a director, going from AD and just writing to spaces and, you know, versus being signed to an agency and thinking that, you know, once you make it to this spot, that you're going to have these plays and just be like, directors, do this. But, you know, it doesn't function that way. So... So the games are called Sip a chai or play with rye. Okay. You want to play with rye, you play with rye. If not, you sip your chai. The first section of the games is called If I Was. Okay, okay. so if I was to be like, if you were a color, what would you be in? You'd say okay. whatever. So the first sure. is, let's make these really, really rapid. If first thing that comes into your mind, if you were a movie, what would the title of your movie be? By the way, do you want to be a movie or a theater show? A movie. A movie. If every you were, huh? Every time. Every time. What would the title <laughs> of your movie be? Uh, I don't know. Is the title? Okay, great. I love this original title. What would the original title song be of this movie? Uh, it would be uh, "Don't Worry, Be Happy" by. Uh, it has to be an original Bobby song. But... Oh, an original song. Yeah. Um... Five, six, seven, eight. Sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sing anymore, darling. <laughs> anymore okay give us a title give us the a title, title would be uh it, it the title would be it's, it's all gonna be fine oh okay great what would the storyline be quickly for imdb the storyline would be it would be about a dude who has no fucking idea what he's doing but it's okay because he's got all his pals to come and help and they will push him along and then he will succeed you can tell this is why i'm not a writer <laughs> This is why I'm quite good at I'm quite good at working with other people's words because I have none of my own. I am very interested to see who picks this movie. Who would be casted in this movie? Just name some actors. You. <laughs> Just you. It's a one-person show. You play all of the parts. I feel like there are better actors out there, but no. Nope. <laughs> but anyway, no, you need to watch the. Um, oh my god, what is it? I'll, I'm going to send you a movie, and it's really, really good. Um, what if you were a food? What would you be? Uh, I would be chicken sarg. Okay. If you were a color, what would you be? I would be yellow. If you were a drink, what would you be? Uh, Pepsi Max. <laughs> if you were a clothing item or a fashion trend, what would you be? Uh, a pair of trainers. Okay. A pair of yellow trainers. Got it. If you were a dessert, what would you be? Uh, an eaten mess. If you were a perfume, what would you smell like? Name three notes in this perfume. Uh, I would smell of coffee. Uh, I would smell of, uh, there'd be a hint of rose. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and kind of grapefruit. 
Oh, I'm here for grapefruit. Have you ever tried grapefruit gin? Do you drink? No, I don't. Oh, then don't try it. All right. We are in the future. You are uh, uh, the artistic director of so-and-so company. You also have a production deal with a streaming platform. I'm going to ask you, what is one thing that you miss about acting? What is one thing you miss about assistant directing? And what is one thing you miss about directing? Mm-hmm. And what is one thing you're like, God, psh- Thank God that's not it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. All right, quickly. Acting, so, let's go for it. Uh, the the applause. I still miss that. Okay. I still miss that. I still miss the, yay, well done. Because you don't really get that as a director. Yeah. Uh, as an AD, I miss the lack of responsibility. The, <laughs> being, able to, being able to sit and watch and observe other people, I really miss that. What I would miss as a director is the working directly with the actors. It's my favorite part. Uh, and the thing that I don't miss at all uh, would be... For acting. Say that again. So for, let's go for... Oh, I see, I see, I see, I yeah. see. So for acting. Learning lines. Great. For us. No, no, actually, no. Learning lines is fine. It's remembering the lines on stage. Got it. So I never was never really good at that. Assistant uh, directed. Assistant directing is kind of similar to the other answer is like the sitting and the watching. It can get very boring after a while. The yeah. not doing anything. Got it. Um, directing. Honestly, press night. Ooh. Ooh. I don't. I find it. I find it quite awkward. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm I describe myself nowadays as an introverted yeah. extrovert. Got it. So I can do like this because I'm within my comfort zone here. But a press night where you're kind of sh- schmoozing and oh, I just it's just not me at all. It's just not. Okay. Me. You got to find it in your wheelhouse. Maybe what you do is like get everybody to cook together and then, you know, everybody goes back and forth. All right. This is called most overrated and underrated. I'm going to give you character. Uh, sorry, categories. And you're going to uh-huh. give me who's most overrated and who's most underrated. Oh, most okay. overrated and underrated theater show you have ever watched. Ooh. Don't be diplomatic. Uh, give me some. Okay. Most most overrated is Cats. Why does everybody go for cats? Because it's terrible. It's, if Andrew it's Lloyd Webber comes to you, Cash, I will tell him to get fucked. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I mean, in, in all honesty, most for me, most Lloyd Webber shows are overrated. Damn, damn, um, damn. I don't. I don't. All I right. just don't see um, the appeal of any of them. Underrated. <laughs> underrated. Uh, Quickly. I mean, and uh, anything by Grey Eye. Okay, cool. I don't think enough people see Grey Eye's work. Got it. Most overrated and underrated director of all time. They can be <laughs> dead or alive. <laughs> um, most un- overrated director. I'm doing this. You know, music. I mean, I think, I think, I think. Um, what's his name? Uh, the big, the big musical theater directors. Okay. The American one. I think his name's Hal Prince or something. Okay, cool. Maybe. A bit. That's yeah. That uh, underrated is Samina Hussain. I think she's absolutely brilliant. She's so fun. Um, so much fun and does so much brilliant stuff. Most underrated and overrated film. Go quickly, quickly. Oh, God, I forgot this was quick. Sorry, you can edit this down, right? And just make yeah, but it, make you're it leaving, sound like I'm quick. Dude, it's not the fact that I have to edit it. It's the fact that you have to finish. Minutes. I've got 15 minutes. Yeah, I still have other things. Uh, most overrated film is... Casablanca. Okay. And underrated is uh, a phone called Booksmart. 
Okay, I haven't seen that. Uh, pick one of these three. Song, artist, or TV show? TV show. Okay, most overrated and underrated TV show? Most overrated TV show is The Kardashians. I just don't get it. No, not Kardashians. That's too easy. That means you watched it, Kevin. Made in Chelsea. Oh, yeah. Made in Chelsea. I don't understand. How many seasons and how many episodes? Too many, mate. Too many. Too I was on Made in Chelsea because I was a background person. Ah. And you did extra work. Did you ever work for them? Yeah, yeah. Not for them. No, I used to work. No, just a long time ago. Uh, And most underrated TV show is... Bob's Burgers. Okay. Okay. This next section is called the playground. Basically, I'm going to give you scenarios and you're going to tell me your process for the four week plan. Okay. Um, if you were to do the Shakespeare, Shakespeare's The Tempest, but as an art installation at Tate Modern, tell me who two of your leads will be at least and tell me the four weeks plan quickly in five, four, three, two, one. First thing that comes <laughs> into your head. Uh, the, the two leads. I have no idea. Uh, it would be unknown people, 100% unknown actors. Oh. You, it would, you would be in it. You twice. You I and you play, a hologram. I want to play Caliban so bad. I played Caliban. Oh my God. I so badly want to play thing. Caliban. Favorite thing. Uh, and the four week process, fuck knows. Okay. It would just be you stood in front of a giant animatronic shark. That's, uh, that's what it would be. I'm here for this. And the one. shark is called Tempest. <laughs> okay, new scenario. You're working on a new writing. It's a musical about a clown who falls in love with a politician. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the politician is also Moonlight as a cheerleader. Okay, just, just okay. as a thing. Who yeah. would you get to score this musical? Who would choreograph it? And how would you structure it? It's a new writing. So it's going to be devised, by the way. Okay, uh, who would I get to compose it? I mean, I don't really know very many composers, if I'm honest. You can say but, I'm an artist if you want. Oh, uh, like a famous person. I can yeah. say Danny Elfman, who okay, composed great. the Simpsons theme tune, uh, who just right. played Coachella and played the Simpsons theme tune. It's mad. Um, who would choreograph it? Uh, whoever choreographed the very first cat. Because they've got to have something, right? I know them. Great. Then them. That okay. person. Uh, and what was the third thing? Um, who would, uh, oh, wait, who would write it? Let's just say that. Uh, who would the write device? it? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, the, the, the guys from the wardrobe ensemble. Okay, great. Um, your last one, pick a scenario and then tell me what you're going to do with it. So you can either do a Netflix show, which is a Bolly, uh, about basically being in the Bollywood industry, but, uh, but the story follows the partition from a queer perspective. Okay, tell me what is your eight week episode, you know, structure for it or an Apple TV, which is a cop show, but the cop has nine kids and is the defend uh, and is a descendant of the Von Trapp family. (laughs) I like the idea. I like the idea of both of these and I would 100% watch them. But honestly, I have no idea what any of them would do. Is this why I'm not a writer? Like, if a writer came to yeah, me, but and you're said, structuring this. You, what would you, let's let, okay, wait, how would you direct these episodes? Let's talk about I mean, that. I'd need to read them first, but oh. I think I, 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 I don't know. Okay, I'm, yeah, that's really too creative an idea for me to come off the top of my head. Ash, I told you before, I was gonna the get job you of to a also- director is 
I have no discernible skills. <laughs> it's I'm just very good at finding other people who have very oh, yeah. good skills. Remember? By the way, can I just say my next game, which I was going to do with you, which we don't have mm -hmm. time for, is I was going to get you to do some acting where I was going to throw accents your way, but okay. you, were, you were basically going to repeat Britney Spears's work, bitch. As nice. In different nice. accents. But we don't have time for that. Maybe we'll do that. Should, I, should I voice note it to you? But hey, I have it. You first have, have to do work, bitch, as a Punjabi auntie nagging to the neighbor about their child. And then it was, you have to do a Finnish accent and a Shakespearean accent. Okay, great. Yeah. So if you can I'll, do that. I will do those. All right, that is the end of the game. So we're going to get back into deep conversations quickly before you finish. So what words of wisdom, if you were looking in the mirror today, would you give to yourself? Don't worry, it's going to be okay. Oh, there's a song in there. Yeah, it's, it, it, I do. I am a worrier on occasions, but unnecessarily, especially when, when, I, don't have, when I don't have something planned. I go, oh my God, I'm never going to work again. That's it, I'm done. I've finished. Fuck. And then something will come. Something always comes. Yeah. Whether, whether it's straight away or it's somewhere down the line. And it's not always what I think it's going to be or what I want it to be, but it's the right thing. Got it. My, my Scottish grandma used to say, what's for you will no go by you, which means what's, what's for you won't go past you. If it's meant to be, it will be. I'm and, loving and the fact. I 100% believe in it. Can we just talk about the fact that you said your Scottish grandma as opposed to just your grandma? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, my, I have a Scottish grandma and I have a Pakistani grandma. You could just say your grandma from your dad's side of your mom's I mean, she was Scottish and she was my grandma. There you go. Um, the next section is peaks and valleys. A peak is a high point of your personal or professional life. What was it? What lesson do you learn from it? And a valley is a low point of your personal or professional life. What was it? What lesson you learn from it? You don't necessarily, if it's too personal, don't need to go into like the, you know, the depths of it. You can just talk about this year, something like this happened and mm. it taught me this. So high point, uh, it's really hard because I have actually had quite a few. You know, you could <laughs> talk about your marriage. I could talk about my marriage and that was genuinely, it was the first thing that came into my head, but it's also a bit wanky. No, oh, no, yeah, my wife. No, mm. talk about your wife. You haven't talked about her in any of the interviews or anything. I have. I talk about my wife all the time. Uh, <laughs> so yes, I suppose high high point is is I I can genuinely say that my wedding day was the best day of my life. I can look back on it and go, yeah, that was that was the best day that I've had, like best single day that I've had in my entire life. It was Wait. it was it was perfect. Three day wedding? Like, did you do the whole? So I did. It was a we had a week. So we did the we did the nikah on the Monday. We did the registry office on the Wednesday. Yeah. To the official bit, and then we did the big party thing on the Saturday. Is she of Asian or non Asian? No, she's white. She's a, she's white. Yeah, and it was it was amazing. Like the whole thing just worked. What did it teach you? Well. What lessons did you learn from it? That people give a shit about me. Oh, and, and I don't mean that in like a people I never thought people cared before, but just the depth with which they do care. Yeah, it's really was really enlightening. You're going, well, actually, you're, you're an OK human being. Oh, dude. Not that I ever thought I wasn't, but yeah, it's, it's nice. the love. Yeah, totally, totally. And I go, this is what I want to feel all the time. So just be kind. 
if oh, I'm kind, people will be kind. Gotta throw a wedding party every every month, basically. Yeah, I would love that. Like honestly, the best party I've ever done. If I had the money, yeah, absolutely. Guys, um, you can start a Kickstarter. And what was it, a valley? Big Valley was kind of a reference a little bit before with with uh, with an ex, and I was with her for three years, and um, it t- coming out of it, it it taught me loads about what I didn't want from a partner, from my life, from the world. <laughs> you know, it was a it was a real learning experience that I don't regret because I probably wouldn't have learned what I learned if I hadn't gone through it. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I wouldn't wish it on anyone and I wouldn't want to go through it. It was a nice lesson. Yeah, it wasn't a nice lesson. No, it was, it was a lesson. Got it. For a long time. But, um, but yeah, that, that was a a, a real kind of, a real kind of peak the other way. (laughs) A valley. A valley. Thank you. I couldn't couldn't think of the word. I always like to ask this question, which is from a performance perspective, you know, if you're an actor, you're like, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z. I want to either win awards or I want to work with this director. Or when you're a director, you're like, I want to be an artistic director. So my what, uh, first part is like, what is the gift for you? What is the thing for you that you're going to be like, I am fulfilled? Or is that you're, you're learning that at this point? Mm-hmm. And what impact would you like to leave on the you know, what imprint would you like to leave, be that on the entertainment industry or the non-entertainment industry? As a, as a kind of a peak, I used to think, I used to think it was having a show at the National. Mm-hmm. I, used to, I used to think it was running my own theatre. I don't know that yet. I think I do. I still think that is, for me, the peak. Uh, that might be the case. Who knows? But... And what I know, if I could do all, if I could do this thing by the time I die, as a director, I'd be happy. If I could have a show at every producing regional theatre in the country, that's what I want to do. If I could do that, I, I would, I would be more than happy. Um, and what was the second part? Sorry. Oh, the impact that you would like to leave. I guess it's. I don't know exactly, but I think it's probably something around, around, kindness and realizing that. You, you don't have to be an absolute prick to make a piece of theatre. You can, you, can, you can make theatre with all its stresses and tribulations and still be a nice person. Hey. If, if, I can, if, I can, if that's how I'm remembered, I might not make the best work in the world, but I don't, as long as people have fun working with me, <laughs> all I care about. Fab. Um, the last section is called Bitch Don't. Because we all love a rant about sure. anything. So you have 30 seconds to rant about anything that you want in the world. Um, think of a rant, but you have to either start your sentence with bitch don't or end your sentence with bitch don't. Okay. All right. All right. Have you thought of something? Should I give you a little, a little second? I think, yeah, I have. I've thought of what I want to rant about. I just need to figure out how to, which, uh-huh. which side to put bitch don't. Got it. Okay, let's go for it. Okay, wait. In five, four, three, two, go. Oh, bitch, don't even talk to me about the access that was at the Olivier's. It drove me absolutely mental. I was there with a deaf artist who had no captions. He was reading from the auto cue, so it made me realise that they actually had the captions. They just didn't put them on this big fucking screen that was in front of everyone. 
That was a massive screen. They could have just put some captions up there. And then I couldn't see the interpreter, but apparently there was one there, but it was fucking miles away. Just put him on this big, massive fucking stage. Got it. Got it. Bitch, don't. Olivia Awards. Just don't do it. No, don't. Please don't. Just do. <laughs> just do the things. I'm very surprised at that. Because usually... Me too. Yeah. Me too. I was, I, was, I was shocked. Do you know what the other thing was? What? They, the free booze, the free drinks, as far as I could tell, yeah, was all alcohol. Oh, of course. They want people to get drunk and act messy. But again, I don't drink. I was a Shahid as a Muslim. He doesn't drink. His show was nominated. <laughs> and it's a show about a Muslim during Ramadan. And they still, I just don't, I don't understand. But also, there's a lot of Muslims that do drink. Let's be real about that. Of course there are, but they, yeah. but they don't know that. No, yeah. I mean, hey. They don't. In reality, they don't. They think if you're a Muslim, you don't drink. Oh, really? Wow. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I would assume anyway. Anyway, I could rant about the Olivier's <laughs> uh, for, for a while. When you um, win your um, next year's Olivier. <laughs> You you do that. You do I will. I will. I will. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. I will pop down all the information on how people can contact you, your videos and everything like that. But before we go, please let the people know because this show is called Chai with Rai. What's your favorite type of chai? Uh, Kashmiri pink. Oh, with a little pistachio? No, without the pistachio. That's the key for me is without the pistachio. I oh. like that. Well, everyone, that brings us to an end, and I hope you enjoyed that. I want to say a massive thank you to the guest for their time. All of the information about the guest, myself, and the show will be listed in the bio. Make sure to follow, share, comment, and subscribe. Show us all some love, because isn't that what we want at the end of the day, some love? Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow and the people that are on here. Thank you again, and as I always say, breathe in, breathe out. I must go, which means now I must go. I own that that is copyrighted and I will sue. <laughs> Joking. Have a great one and stay curious. Till next time.